A long time ago, after a big screonk, Monarch has to clean up from the uh, effects of G-Day, and things are perhaps more complicated in the institution than we might have believed. Ben Magnet finally joins us for a Monarch discussion uh, here for Ooh. episode three of Four Fake Nerds Watch. Hi, Ben. Hey, I'm here. Yay! Yes, uh, reports of his death have been greatly exaggerated. Uh, also, of course, yeah. Brian Eliopoulos is here. Oh, no. I don't want him to go. It's Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, and Brandon T. McClure. I got nothing snappy. I'm here, too. Absolutely. I am also here, and I am Sparks Woody, and we're going to get into episodes three and four. Brandon, why don't you hit me with those sweet, sweet information credits about those episodes? Yeah, we're going to be covering episode three, Secrets and Lies, directed by Julian Holmes, written by Andrew Colville, um, and then Parallels and Interiors, episode four, uh, also directed by Julian Holmes, uh, this time written by Mila Bellhart. Awesome. And uh, I'm super excited to get into those episodes, but real quick, if I may, Brandon, uh, Ben, why don't you tell us how you felt about those first two episodes? Um, other than the fact that they're freaking awesome. Cause when okay, backtrack for a, a long time ago when we first heard that Apple was making a, their own Godzilla show, we had no idea what it was going to be about. We thought it was going to be, we didn't think it was going to be, or we thought it was going. I don't know if we thought it was going to be bad or good or pointless or whatever. But this show, I feel, continues to the narrative of anything can be good. As long as you have someone who cares about the project, who cares, who is willing to look between the lines and is willing to create a compelling story. And what I absolutely love about the show, and it's a trope that I didn't, I don't think of a lot. I love the dual storylines on how one storyline in a different timeline, and then you have another one running parallel to it. How you go from scene to scene and jumps from different timelines. <laughs> I'm hooked on both. I care about both. Arguably, I like the past a little bit more, but only because I like seeing them face Godzilla for the first time. I think that's interesting because in our with us, like uh, with the, in the MonsterVerse, we only know Godzilla from the 2014 films and and the and the stuff beyond. But them actually interacting with Godzilla, and even in the 2014 film, you see the B roll from Monarch, where like when Godzilla first pops his spine out of the ocean in the in the um in the whatchamacallit in that island it's really cool it's like i want to know more about what happened back then and we're getting that and i think that's mm -hmm. awesome while we're also getting the the aftermath of what happened in 2015 so i think the show is absolutely amazing i really i love the cast in both i also i just love how everything is interconnected and it's not like this like oh i have to watch this this and it you have, I have to pick up this really tiny line from this from Kong's gone it's like it's like oh shit John Goodman is this younger guy in Monarch. That's actually cool. That I, that I make that makes sense now. That's why he's on Kong Skull Island because he's trying to get to he's trying to fight Godzilla, but he finds Kong instead. This is great. It's the the, the showrunners. I I want to tip my hat to these showrunners, and I feel like I'm rambling, but this show really is fantastic. And these first two episodes, there's great mystery, there's great intrigue, and I love how. In one storyline, you're cheering for the people at Monarch, and in the other storyline, you want them to fail miserably. It's fantastic. It's like, I am pro-Monarch, but I'm also anti-Monarch at the exact same time. 
Yeah. It's complicated, which is what's yeah. really great about it. Um, like any government agency, uh, you know, the, these this is a, a crew that started with the best of intentions, but maybe lost their way. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, what Kurt Russell is talking about in episode three, um, which is a great segue to get into the uh, the two episodes we'll be covering for um, uh, for this episode. If you uh, are coming at this and you have not seen uh, the the our discussion of the, uh, the the first two episodes, uh, go ahead and check that episode out. We have a whole hour long discussion about those two episodes. So we're going to be from now on focus full spoilers on episodes three and episodes four. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, I thought another excellent two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm continually surprised by how much I like these characters, how much I care about them. Uh, the dual narratives of like these monster hunters and then these people just trying to find out what the hell happened with their dad. Like I'm invested in both. Uh, like I, I think they're both getting as much attention as they need for each episode. Um, we're still getting cool monsters. Like I'm, I'm all about it. Like, uh, uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm really impressed because again, Ben, like you said, like, um, like I never, I never expect, I don't want anything to be bad, but when this is announced, I'm like, what are you going to do with the show? Cause like, it's not going to have the budget. It's like, man, I really like these characters a lot. Uh, and the intrigue behind them. And again, like the dual narratives of Monarch being good and then becoming kind of bad. Like I really, I'm just, I'm really invested and I, I'm really happy to see that people online are really jazzed about it too. Like I don't see anyone complaining. Oh, where are there's there's not enough monsters. I'm like they get they know what show that they're getting, and and the show that we are getting is is incredible. And also, I want to point out that I love how in the very first episode we see Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Like first episode, you see him. Like look at him right there. Like that scene from San Francisco where um, Kate is escaping the school bus, and you see. Godzilla on the Golden Gate Bridge, which is arguably one of the most iconic scenes from the 2014 film. And it's like, oh, that's a different perspective. Oh, yeah, I would suffer severe psychological trauma if I was in that position. God damn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Oh, um, I really liked episode three a lot. I also really liked episode four. Episode four, I hit a little bit of a hitch. when it flashes back only a year and it's with Kentaro and I'm like, we're not, we're not getting our, our past trio. We're not doing our past trio this episode. I don't know if I care enough about Kentaro. And then I was like, okay, no, I I care enough about Kentaro. So it was fine. Um, But it definitely like the week to week got me on that where I'm like, I gotta wait another goddamn week to see why Russell and uh, Keiko and, and Randa again. Yeah. Before you, before you respond, Brandon, um, I would, I initially, I'd agree with you, but I think the way that show is filmed and how dream, like the dream sequence felt no, like, like in the middle of the city, it starts snowing on them. Like they made all that stuff that would traditionally be boring, way more interesting because it's filmed so beautifully. So like, I, I was like, oh, is this going to be an episode where I don't care about the people as much? Cause it's just focusing on stuff I'm not as interested in. I'm still enraptured in it because at least it looks really good too. Like, it's not just, you know, yes. it's not just traditional filmmaking, like the, the seamless blend between walking through the snow, walking into his, like his past, like it's really well filmed. So they make even like the least interesting stuff really interesting to me still yes uh that was more or less going to be a point i was going to make about it is that when it first shows that first scene i know i'm jumping to episode four but it's just a general thought on it uh i was like oh man kentaro yeah i don't want to just spend this episode with kentaro also may in the past yeah i like i like may but i was like it's from kentaro's perspective and Mm -hmm. i'm like damn i don't know if i'm i'm up for this Yeah, yeah yeah um especially because like in previous episodes we've gotten like 
you know, oh, there's flashbacks to 2014 G-Day, but also flashbacks to the, the further past. Um, and this one was just, like, very, but but as you said, like, as it went on, I'm like, nah, all right, I get it. Like, we're thematically doing something here. I'm enjoying it. Cool. Neat. But, uh, yeah, overall, total hits. Um, yeah. Very happy with the show. I, uh, um, I, I agree with both of what you guys are saying about that, just to give my initial thoughts, and then I'll let Ben, uh, Ben jump in. Um, um, the uh, episode four, um, when we started, I was like, because I, like Ben, I, my, my favorite, this thing that they're doing is the stuff with our, with the, with the, with the, the beginnings of Monarch and uh, all that, because that's the kind of thing that I like in genre films. I like going back to the past and exploring this, uh, exploring these, uh, elements in the past. And so like, it's working on the sense on sensibilities that I really like, whereas the modern stuff isn't working on those sensibilities, but I still really like it. Um, and so like, I was like, Oh, we're not going to see our past crew, uh, in, in this episode. I don't know if I'm going to be okay with that, but the episode won me over completely. Um, it is, it is, um, I, it, it is astounding that these two episodes are once again, very strong character driven episodes, um, that I just, I, I just didn't expect that I would, uh, care about, uh, Kentaro, uh, and May, uh, trying to survive in this in this frozen wilderness and like uh, the way it's filmed as Ryan already said this kind of like dreamlike aesthetic that we uh, would like um, there's the one shot that I really liked which was when Kentaro is looking at his um, his art gallery and the snow and then it fades away into the uh, radio station uh, but you still see the, like the flashing uh, neon lights above it for just for just a moment I'm like that's that's some good shit. I applaud you. I didn't think you could pull it off. You did it. Hell yeah. I'm in for I'm yeah. here for the ride, baby. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh Ben, but you've been trying to say something. Um, I had a thought and I literally lost it. Um uh, oh, sorry. I actually know. I remember where it was. So it's for those of you who are um chronic watchers of the Think Nerd podcast, this is I am obviously sick. I am not where I normally record. Um that being said. Being sick has a decent advantage of I get to watch stuff and catch up on things I don't normally get to catch up on because of my work schedule. And when I, after I was, I've been marathoning these episodes like one, two, one, two. And after I was done with episode four, I was upset that episode five wasn't ready yet. Mm-hmm. I wanted to watch episode five right then and there. I, I, the, I had the Netflix bratty moment where I'm like, damn it, where's my new episode? I want to find out what happens next. I want the new shit. I want to finish this season. I was ready to go. I was full on ready to start binging the whole thing and just enjoy the whole ride. Because one thing about this show that I love is that the more we watch, the more mysteries there there are to unravel and the more stuff I want to find out, the more stuff that intrigues me, the more stuff that I care. It's like, Kentaro, I want. I care about Kentaro and Kate's dad. I want to find out what happened to him. I want to see what Keiko and the other and everyone else at Monarch. Not only do they find Godzilla, but how do they classify and find the other Titans as well? And I just want to find out all all this stuff. And I'm just, just so excited to keep watching and see how the story unfolds. And the fact that it's, there's only four episodes up now makes me mad because I want to watch the next episode. Dang it! Bring me my pictures of Godzilla. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm Jake Jonah Jameson, but asking for Godzilla. Um, I want to rewind us and go to episode three because uh, episode three has a has a really cool moment um, 
that it seemed pretty likely we were going to get from the trailers. Uh, but I'm happy to see it, which is the Castle Bravo incident, uh, which was the first time the government tried to kill Godzilla. Um, and uh, or the US military tried to kill Godzilla. And we see we've seen that event in the 2014 newsreel uh, newsreel from the beginning of the movie. Um, but this is the first time seeing it from that moment. Um, and it looks uh, gorgeous. Like in, like Godzilla looks incredible in that sequence with the water like coming off of his tail and as it like zooms in up there. We've seen this shot in the trailer, but like seeing it again was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, it really it really helps again because like again, this is a TV show. We can't have monsters like like you know this isn't a movie. We can't have monsters all the time. So when it's used sparingly, it can look as good as the movies. Yeah, because it's only it's real. It's 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 a big impactful moment. It's like a minute of screen time when you really think about it. So like they make those ma moments really matter, mm -hmm. uh, and they feel impactful. And like again, like uh, like we've seen this from a different perspective but like i care so much more about the scene because of the characters involved and how sad i, I keep forgetting her name what's the the grandma keiko thank you seeing her like lose it like trying to stop this bomb and like 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 because she cares and she and it's it's just really it, i cared almost more about her than what's happening to godzilla because hey, i know what happens like, he's gonna be fine well right. right because like you get this moment where like she's trying to stop it and and you as the audience know that godzilla will be fine but she doesn't know this so she's mm -hmm. kind of like Oh my God, uh, we're going to kill this thing, and I cannot let that happen. Um, and and it's such a really it's such a really powerful scene that kind of like again it reframes things from the 2014 film in a much more nuanced way that I really appreciate. We talked about this with the with the bridge scene in the first in the first episode. Like once again, we're we're taking something that we know from the 2014 film and what and adding to it to make it a more nuanced moment and not just something that's throwaway. Um, I really, I really appreciate that show for this. I, I do want to shout out that they keep it at bikini atoll, which is uh, yeah. important because the, the bikini atoll, uh, I think, I think they, uh, have the name on one of the maps in the opening of 2014, but like no one ever says bi the bikini atoll testings by yeah. name or anything like that. Um, but it's uh, it's important to keep that history, I think, when possible, because it is the bikini atoll testing specifically are the ones that inspire the creation of the 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 film Godzilla. The, they are the direct one to one atomic bomb testings that lead to the creation of the film. Um, and so I just like glad that they made made sure and made clear because also like even though, again, I think it's very barely referenced in the credits of 2014 would have been very easy to not. Um, get that right or not acknowledge yeah. that that was the, the that location. So it's just I appreciate when they keep that like a little detail historic connection intact. It's it's important that it was that place. And it's it's great again for our characters because like they ask the military, mm. "Yo, we need a shit ton of uranium because we want to use it as bait." And <laughs> like, oh, you want you want a you want a big bomb? Is that what you're telling me? Okay. That line that Randa is like. Uh, how would you do that with 150 tons of uranium? Let me explain. Like, like my Russell, like, hold on, let me explain that, please. Oh, so so more more than more than when we dropped on Hiroshima and Hiroshima and Nagasaki together. Okay, well, it's gonna give that to you. Uh, again, the yeah. military sucks and they do what they do, but like, 
it's it's kind of a win for Monarch because uh, Randa comes after. He's like, you know, I went and I talked to the guys to see if there's that any. Not Randa, Shaw. Shaw, thank you, thank you, Shaw. Uh, if there's any salv salvaging this, and you know, I asked for I asked for the moon because I didn't think I'd get it, and they gave us more. <laughs> uh, we we talked about it in the last episode, and obviously I was bringing some episode three knowledge, but I was trying to keep it focused on what we got in one and two. But like, definitely like three is a central part of we were talking about how the militaristic value and the scientific value of monarch is directly put in its origin at odds mm -hmm. in this episode um and how that plays out even into the to the current time period uh, of 2015 um i think that there's a lot of really good stuff in here about uh when they need that uranium when they need to convince him um and the line that he uses that he the general throws back in his face later is a a a, a uh, imminent threat to global security and An existential think, threat existential uh existential threat to global security um and uh that that's like that's what wins him over but that's that's what he the line he has to use for all of the military levels higher up because like he's moved up the ranks mm -hmm. uh because of this to oversee this operation because they are agreeing and, and it establishes like that perspective of the monsters are are dangerous and have to be eliminated and like that's and at the time they're like there's just probably one maybe maybe yeah just one <laughs> they, yeah. they're hoping um which we know is so not true uh but um I, that's that's like the u.s's hopeful outlook at the time and uh and that he can use that again uh back on the general to say like so i get so we gotta have an organization because you what if there's what more if there's more yeah, what if there's more? It's like, but absolutely. but that but that like that that drive to sure scientists go find it, um, and then when you find it, point us at it and we'll kill it. Yeah, uh, yeah. is is like the whole reason Monarch has its funding and exists, and obviously like they struggle with it up until Kong. Yeah, uh, because they're they're about to lose all their funding, um, and they haven't been able to convince anybody for a while that there are other threats yeah yeah uh and i think that's also really interesting because what it's had me thinking about and this is just a mystery that uh that that we have because of episode three and sod answered in four and i wonder when it will be uh i wonder when monarch knows they failed to kill godzilla here um mm. because i'm now questioning if they knew before skull island that godzilla was still out there or they must not have, and I never really thought about it before, but they must not have, so they must figure it out sometime in the yeah. 80s or something. Hmm. Or 90s. Because it can't be a big enough event where lots of people see it. No, they're just like, like out on their ships and they're like, oh, was shit. That a, was that a fin? Was yeah. that a big fin? Yeah. yeah My, go go ahead. ahead. No, 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 please. Well, I... I you know, it, it calls into question, like, are we going to see Godzilla... The next time we see Godzilla, will it be in the flashbacks? Will it be in the 1950s or will it be in the two, in 2015? Um, which we know there's one shot in the trailer in the first trailer that dropped of Godzilla in 2015. It's him coming out of the ground where, and Kurt yeah. Russell's looking at it. So we know that that's, that's something, but we don't know where we don't know uh, where any of the other shots of Godzilla show up in. Um, but Monarch does find I mean, we know the they know the ion dragon is out there, and they they the monarch does find other monsters, but I guess it they can't they stop being able to convince the military that they are out there, or they or they do. This is the other thing. It's like, do they eliminate those threats, or or does somebody eliminate those threats? Mm -hmm -hmm. And or, the military is like, oh, nice job, but was it really Godzilla? Mm. 
Or does Shaw not tell them? Because at the end of episode three, he says, to, he says, I, can, you, I have to tell them everything you tell me, but you don't have to tell me everything. This is the origin of the line, like a lie and a, a, lie and a secret aren't the same thing or whatever that line is that comes back into yeah. the future. So yeah. like, we don't have to tell them that we maybe found them. That's, a, that's a really good setup, too. Um, uh, at the end when they're of episode three, when they're establishing Monarch and, and his role of like, I, I I will just relay whatever you say and you don't have to say everything to me. Yeah. Um, I am like, now that I talked it out, I am thinking like we could be seeing at least a potential specifically with the ion dragon, let's say um, where uh, they're, they're monitoring it. They were going to report it to the military and then Godzilla showed up and they know Godzilla is alive again. And maybe they don't share that information. Monarch's going to find out on its own as a wider organization later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the military thinks, cool, we took care of that military threat. No, they didn't. Godzilla took care of yeah. that threat. <laughs> it's gone. Did we do it? I'm sure we did it. I'm sure we did it. Don't, don't worry. Now, about that, now that I've said it, I actually really like that. Like the military spends like a couple decades there thinking like, man, we're really on top of this Titan shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's really actually Godzilla. Godzilla and they won't tell them because they don't want him to attack him again. I really like that idea, actually. That, that, I could see that going the way of this. And they're like, don't worry, Godzilla, we won't tell anybody. But then you come and destroy San Francisco. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Oopsies. Um, that's, because, oh, oh, you actually, like, by saying that, just answered, like, something that's been on my mind for a while. Why don't they trust Sean? What's the problem? And it's going to be that sh it could be i won't say it's going to be it could be that sean knew godzilla was still alive was still alive for so long and he hid that shit oh sure like obviously again sarazawa and them know or maybe just believe that he's out there yeah, yeah uh and and sean knew and like actively kept that information from him which loses his loses their trust in the wider uh, and they don't want to military and they don't want to kill him because he knows so much like he could be an asset like who knows when so they'll just lock him up in a i see, I see for audio listeners i see brandon reaching up and grabbing this comic like i'm gonna do some fact checking here I, well because i, I wonder a little of the comic lore in my brain about this because universe. because because shaw comes from this book so no, like, i know we know, I know we real quickly we know that they are we know that they are thinking about this book in some capacity uh, right. as far as a soft canon goes. So I'm wondering, it, I was trying to remember a shot specifically um, of a of Godzilla surviving and the military be, not seeing it. And the military being like, cool, we did it. Great job, everyone. Bye. Sure. sure. Um, but Godzilla walks away like, that was weird. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, that like, was this book is also... This book is also like it can't be canon because the reason why the Castle Bravo incident happens in this book is because they were trying to kill a different Titan that Godzilla was fighting. Oh yeah, that's so, why it's soft mm -hmm. canon. Like, yeah. well, the yeah, pluck, soft hey, Shaw's cool. We'll pluck Shaw out of there. That's okay. Like, all but one of the uh, MonsterVerse comics are like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, you want to speak of the uh, other one? I that that being said, like I I am really interested in like we we talked about in the first two episodes that what what did Shaw do to get him in this position with them, um, and obviously there's there's juicy stuff ahead, but yeah. like and it has uh, to involve Titans because like if there were no Titans, like he there would be nothing for him to do to get expelled this badly. Yeah, yeah. So it has to involve Titans in some capacity. There's something about there's something about this secrecy that I'm really interested. In. Anyway, uh, in episode three, I just I I really. This is some of the sharpest written stuff in the MonsterVerse. Is oh, absolutely. This, is this monarch origin creation stuff of 
the 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 needing the military facts on the ground like this is why we gotta do it uh even the general admitting like look i get it but like this is how it gets done or it doesn't get done at all we're the united states like and especially at that point in time like like um it's it's very much a like we can't we can't even kind of look weak right now uh so i i get where that comes from um I love the fact that they they took a giant mold of Godzilla's foot and brought it to a warehouse. There's just a giant. There's some dude with like cement, like like that's I just that image and like that's a really fun. That's a really funny scene. Um, one of the things that I thought was really cool um, about this so far is that we've we've already talked about this with the first two episodes, but um, the past the stuff in the 1950s is not linear, um, and so where we see them here is two years after. Uh, where we last saw them, which was the discovery of the Ion Dragon in the Philippines. Um, and and you get that, right? What I really love about it is like you understand it's been two years. They all act like they are two years on from that moment. They are all very good friends at this point. They're all a family. And they're like, you want to keep doing this monster thing on our... You want to keep do- being monster hunters? Cool. But if you want to make a difference, we need the military. Like we, we, You get that relationship right away. And I think it's really cool. That's a wonderful point, Brandon, because I did want to bring up that when we started episode three and this is the point in time we were at, I was like, I don't know why I honest to God thought we were going to pick up right where we left off with the Ion Dragon. Sure. Like, I yeah. thought I thought the jumping around part was just like getting us that setup of when they lose Keiko and then like everything else was going to be like more linearly in the past. Yeah, yeah. And so when we started episode three and it's like, no, nah, it's a couple of years later. Here we are. It's the beginning of Toll Test. And I was like, Oh wild. I don't know why I didn't consider that this might be what they were doing, but but this is great. Um because it's it's so much better when you can rely on talented actors mm-hmm. to yeah. convey that deepening of a relationship so that we don't have to spend a lot of time on like uh did they kill the ion dragon? No. Did they did they get away? Obviously, yes. Is that an important part of the story? Not even a little. Let's move yeah. on to this this particular no, point in time. No fluff. When an important part of the story is happening with these characters, and trust the actors to play uh, the amount of relationship development that's happened in between. Yeah. Um, genius. I I, I yeah. loved it. I love uh, this. Uh, we've talked about it in like the the placement of time um, for all the different segments. Feels like a comic book. This is very like who's surprised um, with the creatives behind it. But like uh, it's also in the visualization, I think most prominently in these episodes Mm -hmm. um, in particular, in particular episode four, I I feel like I'm watching an adapted comic book. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, One of the things I really um, appreciate about this is uh, this is also one of my favorite shots in in the series so far, maybe of the year because it's the fade. It's the fade cut between Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell. It's so good. It's so good. And it's like, it's so easy too. But like, because like, it just like, it really works. I'm like, oh man, they really do look like each other. Yeah. Yeah. You just sit there and you're like, man, what graphics do they have to do that? And it's like genetic. Man, that, that deep, <laughs> those deep fakes are getting really good. Hey, say what you will about Maple Babies, but at the same time, I'm really glad this father and son duo got cast in the show because it, hey. the, it's, it's baby, working for me. If you're good, if you're a good Nepo baby, I don't mind. It's when you're bad and you're still successful. Like you're only here because of your name. That's the thing. It's yeah. also like Wyatt Russell's not someone who like he's he. <laughs> funnily enough, like you think about Kurt Russell's career, like he is not a person who's been a star ever since he was born. Yeah. Like Wyatt yeah. Russell has only like recently really come into his main standing. Well, Wyatt Russell was a hockey player, and then he got injured and said, "I guess I could go into acting." 
Sure. Sure. He, what? He's one of the he's one of the football players in 21 Drum Street. He has the tattoo. He's really good in that movie. I uh, need to rewatch that. Yeah, movie. yeah. He was he he was in his 20s. Hold yeah, like, yeah. Um Brandon, he he, he, he was a hockey player? Like yes. NHL hockey player? I don't know enough about hockey to say anything more than he was a hockey player. Oh, ben Sports update, Ben Magnet. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I well, I just I think yeah, I, the path that we don't need to talk about that much. Um, Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell. I think we talked about it a bit last week. Um, I, I think it's it's really great getting to watch them play the the levels of the same guy from two different ends, and I think that's only going to get more complex as we go into the show. And I can only um, I can only imagine because like this like episode four was only in the in the in the present. I can only imagine that we're going to get like. A, a, de- a dedicated episode where it really hinges on like the 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 the, the shawl stuff so like yeah i i'm sure we're gonna get plenty more of that stuff and again if the show I, I gets suspect, more seasons like i hope it does i suspect that we're gonna get a show and i'm kind of curious if they've secretly got john goodman still in the back um for for one thing uh but i think we're gonna get an episode focused on like after the loss of of keiko yeah. so after the loss of their grandma yeah yeah um what randa and shaw's lives are like at that moment in time i can imagine before he goes off to school i can imagine when when randa loses his wife that he starts to go off the deep end and that will start to fracture well he physically deteriorates like nobody's business yeah yeah and his voice deepens 20 octaves (laughs) (laughs) um um, i um I really like how Kurt Russell plays a a ninety year old man. Um, and when he's like, the car chase is really cool. Uh, just mm-hmm. like it's a really cool like kind of like shot scene. But I love the like what uh, where does where's the key go? It's like you gotta push yeah. the button. What button? Because like Kurt Russell as a sixty probably well like a seventy year old man would know that cars have buttons. But Kurt Russell as a ninety year old man probably wouldn't. And again, he's been in jail for we don't know how long. So yeah. car like technology has advanced so much. Like he's still working off like he has a he has like a monitor from like the seventies like on his on his belt basically on his uh, ankle basically. Yeah, uh, and this is, episode three is the uh, is the most Kurt Russell we've got at this episode this point because we haven't seen him a lot in the first two episodes. And uh, yeah, I'm he's so, great. I'm so I'm so deeply I'm so deeply fascinated <clears throat> about what what's going on with older sean and why they put him into this place and like i i'm totally fine with that mystery piecemealing to us over time because like it's it's so interesting i'm like why i i think i get why it would be in japan but i'm like also kind of questioning it because like you would think it's like the the closeness to i forget the son's name the dad's name oh uh oh oh, oh, yeah i don't remember yeah uh kentaro's Kentaro's dad. It's yeah. the it's the proximity to him yeah. that makes me think, oh, that's why he's in Japan. But I'm like, but why the heck would Monarch want that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, hmm. it, it, yeah, go ahead, Ben. The dad, ben the sports thing. update. So he was a goaltender, but he never played for the National Hockey League. He did play for a bunch of uh, um, semi-pro and pro leagues uh, over in Europe. Like he oh. played for a Dutch team in, uh, uh, but. Uh, like Brandon said, his hockey career was cut short due to injuries, and yeah, that's cool. And now he's like Captain America and like Doctor Godzilla, and I'm like, man, like the best thing that ever happened to you was getting hurt, bro. I mean, talk. I mean, yeah, talk about uh. If you look uh, at um, if you look at Boston Russell, which is Kurt's other son, um, with a different with a different wife, he doesn't look anything like his dad. Uh, mm-hmm. so they like really lucked out with Wyatt Russell in here. Yeah, yeah. 
And even you know, even if like he didn't look like him, he'd be like, "Oh, it's still cool they're playing father and son." But like, bro, you look like your yeah, dad, I mean, like, man. And then, like young young Randa doesn't look anything like John Goodman. That, so like, I, I'm just kind of gonna live with it. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if they just found a good young actor to play him, but it is it is charming and fun to watch uh, a father and son duo play these two different points in time. And yeah. old, old man Shaw is like, he still kicks us. Like he still has connections in Korea. Like when they, Oh, we need to get over here. So we're in Korea. I know a dude at border border crossing who can help me. We got a fake get arrested though. Like that whole sequence is really fun. Cause like, I, I obviously think like he, like I thought that was all real. Like, yo, they're it's about like, to go to jail. They're about like, to break out of no, jail. No, no, we need this window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're you had this plan, bro. It's really good. Like that whole, that whole scene was really fun. Which I think works Duho. well with things like, absolute disrespect and, and distrust of him yes, um yeah. i i think that all pairs pairs really well uh to to what's going on uh ben any other thoughts on episode three you'd like to to, to jump in jump in uh, episode three um obviously the bikini atoll test was were the best scene in the show in my personal opinion just that whole sequence of them not only finding Godzilla, testing the bomb on Godzilla, Keiko trying to stop the detonation, and even the scene where it's like, hey, I asked for this, and he rejected me, and they're like, ah. Oh. And like how, how both uh, Billy and Keiko are rejected. is like, yeah, of course, we're not going to get anything. He's like, yeah, he said I didn't ask for enough. Yeah. Um, we got a blank check. We have more shit than we know what to do with. And then that. they're all, you know, they get all excited because it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, Keiko was still bummed about, you know, blowing up Godzilla, but like we said, spoilers, Godzilla's fine. And it's just the, like, I would, I just, I love seeing how Monarch started. And as we said before, how they lost their way. Cause when they started, it's like, we're going to try and find these monsters. We're going to try and study them, maybe try and figure out how we could deter them away instead of kill, killing them. And, you know, all this other stuff. Cause you have Keiko and Billy who are like, let's, discover of because we could find all these amazing things and if we learn from them and then you got the gun toy neanderthals who just yep. want to go pew 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 and blow shit up right that's that's the u.s way uh, baby yeah um going back to um episode three i also really um i really do enjoy kurt russell because i mean this was his first the first episode where kurt russell really got to shine especially when he gets into the minivan and he's like where does the key go Push the button. What button? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was laughing my head off because I'm like, oh god, this guy's having driven in years. There was a guy yeah. also like doing like the Zen sand thing. I'm like, man, that Zen is all messed up now. There's a whole yeah. car chase in there. Like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Um, uh, we also are introduced in this episode to Duho, who uh, short lived but made quite an impression. I loved him. Funny, funny yeah. man. Very funny, cool guy. Really nice. I, I, he gets he gets r- real chilly in the next episode, which is a shame. No, it's at the end of this one. Oh, is it? The end? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. right. End, yeah. That's right. Oh man, he, he gets he gets frostbarked. He gets frostbarked. Um, I cool. need to. Is that what we're calling that now? Cool. The frostbark. That's his official that designation. Yeah, frostbark. Um, Again, another new cool Titan. Where I'm like, yeah, like at least it's not just like a, just a giant mammoth. Like that's a cool, unique design, and he still has like cool, like radiation. Like he has ice powers. Like just really cool and inventive. It looks like, good the entire way. He absorbs the heat and thus decreasing the temperature around him to sub zero temperatures. It's like that. Uh, the eye of the storm in the day after tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's true. Sure. I need to. I need to step away. Uh, but keep going. Absolutely. Sure. Um, Keeping it, keeping it uh, on episode three. um, Some of the stuff that I really like about it is like um, the, 
when they are doing uh, i think may's really great may starts being one of my favorites at episode three i tried to kind of convey it in a backwards way <laughs> when we were talking episode two last time but yeah, i yeah. was like i can't justify all the things here because it's episode three where i start to really care about may a lot mm-hmm. um i think she's great i really like her throwing it or her like kentaro's own shit back at him for for the way that he kind of interferes with her life and yeah and messes things up but i really like when they're doing like the the passport section and uh they're they're getting arrested and she's freaking out she's like i have my passport i have my passport my passport is right here <laughs> i got multiple passports <laughs> she, you know she is she is definitely like She's obviously not monarch, but she's definitely like ex spy. She's like like a cyber criminal. Like she's super cool and like I like I don't need for she's them. She's hiding from some she's something major. Yeah, she's definitely hiding from something. She's got like a sister that she talks to. Um, I think it was a sister, right? That yes. she talked to. Yeah. yeah. Um, sister. I, it, again, like everything in the show is getting piecemealed to me. And in other shows, I'd be frustrated. I'm not getting enough. But like I'm I'm getting enough per episode where I'm never like, oh, why are you explaining more? Because I'm like, this is a ten episode series. Like I I don't need all of it at once. Like I'm enjoying every little morsel. Like it's like a like a, a full five course meal every episode for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I actually I, to ex, to um, extend on Ryan's point. Um, I also I I agree that every character, both Kataro, Kate, Keiko, Billy, um, old and young Shaw, I like getting all this information, and I don't mind how slow the, I'm getting new information. Um, to jump into episode four real quick, I actually was surprised that Kentaro was an artist. Before he became an op- before he jumped into the office job, like a year before Godzilla showed up, he was trying to and when he met May and he was trying to do it, he was doing an art gallery and he and his parents were proud of him and all this other stuff. I was like, oh, I thought you were just this guy who went to the office every day and just hated life. There, there is a reference in it's it's in episode one or two, but uh, May has a picture that he painted on her wall, and 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 Kate's like, oh, did you paint this? Like, no, your brother did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's yeah, it's yeah. a very quick thing. It's for, for a video game. It was it was like a cool like cyber spider. Um, which who knows? Maybe we'll see a cyber spider in the future. Who knows? Ooh, I'm actually out. curious. Do you guys? I don't know if this is a question to ask now or after we watch episode five and six. Do you think we'll see any of the other monsters, i.e., Rodan or Mothra, no. in this show? No, or no they can't. Be, we they they can't. won't okay. see. We won't see any of the Toho ones. I I okay. don't I don't think that's in the cards. This season. This season. Because all this takes place before the next movie comes out. And I'll even so. argue, I'll even argue, uh, I don't think we could see any of them, like, free because of the context of King of the Monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what might be able to get swung, again, if they get more seasons, maybe, is what I would love is to see the the twins who are connected to Mothra. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how they become part of Monarch would be really cool. And probably her egg. Um, but not necessarily or oh we only see her cocoon so we could see the larva yeah that could be honestly that could be like a tease you like see the, you could see the egg and the larva um before up, yeah. the cocoon that's possible that's um, a good point so those are those are options but yeah rodan and Ghidorah, like we can't see them now what oh, I, i'm not Ghidorah. Ghidorah's off the table i was thinking like maybe rodan as before he went into the volcano Sure. Because like, no, you know, King the monster scene comes out of the volcano. Nah, he dormant. I think I'm pretty sure Rodan they only know about from the cave pictures. I think Mothra is the one you've got the most to do with, be, and like would be the most interesting because again, you have the connection to the twins psychically. Uh, so mm-hmm. like, there's stuff to do there if you're going to go that Mothra route, which King of the Monsters obviously set up and played with. Um, and Mothra has the whole egg and larva 
life cycle pre-cocoon that oh, we don't know. About. I would love to see her slimy version. Yeah. Oh, that'd be really, that'd actually, that'd be all right. Yeah, if Monarch, if Monarch's like actually hiding or protecting where she is uh, before the cocoon is grown, like that, that's something that we could find out about. Um, that being said, I would not be surprised if we don't get a name drop of Ghidorah necessarily, but we do hear about the three-headed dragon in Outpost 32, because we know we're hearing about Outpost 47. And this is something I was curious about too, because we're in like such a frosty environment. And we know uh, is in the ice, but Ghidorah's in the ice in, the, in Antarctica. We're in Alaska. In, and we're in Alaska. But it wouldn't shock me if we did hear something about like people being concerned about Outpost 32 or something. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think there'll be some teases near near the end of the season because I don't think they want to they don't want to do that too early because they got to like you know oh season two baby uh, and this show again is doing really well so like I I can only imagine we have so we have like we have so many more movies that have come out since the first Godzilla movie so like they could do like a season for every in between just to like make everything connect even better and better not that they will do that but like there there's a lot of ways to go about it yeah make me care about some of these characters who have no personality. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm all for like um, just real quick. Like they made some comments in a recent interview where they were talking about like stuff they were doing this season, stuff they would, the fact that they would love to continue if if the audience is there, but like they're not, you know, banking on it. But like if they have ideas and it'd be great. Um, the way they kind of talked about how they're using people like stories related to the movies, I should say makes me kind of think that there's not going to be an appearance from anybody from kingdom of the monsters mm. um, or king of the monsters. But I really hope if we get another season, we would get that because you, you weren't on for this part last week, Ben, but I was saying like, I would really love anything that makes me care more about those characters in that movie. And if you got to deepen them in the back uh, channels of Monarch here to make it so when I rewatch that movie, I give like 10 times oh more of a shit. I would be very Bro, fine with that. Legacy of Monsters is the Clone Wars TV show of the prequel. Yes, yeah. Like, like that's just do that. Just, just fix it. Fix all that shit. Like, again, like, uh, uh, like Vera Famiga or some of the other Monarch guys, like, they might not show up in this season, but there's no reason they can't show up in the next one. Because uh, uh, it's, it's, we're doing Monarch, baby. Why not get yeah. it all established? One of the things I want to talk about, especially you know, uh, when I was doing my rambling about episodes one and two, because those are great episodes, was this show has very little monster. I mean, it has monsters, obviously, but it has very little to do with them. But I care more about the human characters, whereas I go see something like King of the Monsters, Godzilla versus Kong. I don't give a shit about the human characters. I want to see monsters fighting. Right. Whereas then- this is an amazing um, I don't want to say a misdirect. It's not a misdirect. It's an amazing reversal mm-hmm. because in this one, I care. And because I care, the care, what I care about the characters' uh, motivations, those motivations are, of course, linked directly to the monsters. Whereas in the blockbuster films or in the actual films, the legendary Warner Bros. ones, I'm like, yeah, 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 human shit, blah, 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 talk, 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 fight. This is this is something we went over last time uh, a bit is that there's two types really of kaiju films if you want to break it down and be very generalized about it. There's ones that where the monsters represent uh, something deeper about what's going on in the human story of the movie. And then there's the WWE Smackdown. Um, and like this is very much that human story stuff. Um, now, I do think like any good kaiju film um you're built up to your big final climactic clash. So I'm fully convinced that at episode 10, there's going to be some big monster something. Yeah. yeah. It's probably not going to be like a bunch of monsters. I'm only anticipating like two going at it. One of them being Godzilla. 
Um, but I could be surprised. It could be two totally new monsters and not Godzilla, which would be really interesting. Either way, I'm sure that we're going to build up to that. But you keep that build, that drip really slow. You're in a television show. You use the monsters sparingly. You use them thoughtfully. And that's one of the things that's making the pacing of the show really work. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, welcome back, Brandon. We were just kind of talking about how the show works with some of the larger uh, Monsterverse stuff. I did have one thing that I wanted to get into in relation to that um, from episode three. We get, I could not look up or catch the name of this person at the time that we were watching it. And I haven't tried since. Um but whoever the lady in charge is that we get introduced to, uh, that Tim is uh, being reprimanded by yeah, yeah. in episode three. And um, I really love, we get, uh, why wouldn't you bring this to Dr. Sarazawa or myself? Which is a really good question that he sidesteps. Yeah. Um, and it's a question that we were having, like how come, if it's out, if it's altruism, how come Dr. Sarazawa is not involved? And there is, a, I think a big question mark, this is getting to a grander point of, uh, I think there is a bigger question of like, why isn't Dr. Sarazawa involved in some of the things we're seeing in Monarch? And like, what does that mean? Because I do think it means something like, I, I catching Ben up a little bit, I do think there's like functionally different ideologies inside of Monarch. And not everybody agrees with Sarazawa's ideology about Godzilla being there for balance, even if it looks like that after G-Day. Mm -hmm. Not everybody in Monarch agrees with him. Right. Yeah, um, Tim, in Tim in episode four, uh, he's like, hey guys, I know you don't know me. I'm the troll in the basement. Yeah. But didn't we didn't we get founded to deal with big monsters? Why are you guys like running away from them? What are we doing? And I'm like, Tim, you're right, actually. <laughs> you got a point. I still think you're just like trying to get some, uh, trying to get like uh, a rank up in the system. Uh, uh, or he's a double agent. Like I'm, I'm still really sure. interested in this angle. Yeah, but like, he, but he has a point of like Monarch. Like y'all are like, you should be doing something. Maybe it's really imp impressive how uncomfortable he makes me feel when he shows up at the end of episode four. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey guys, and I'm oh. like, oh no, Tim's here, bro. I love and then like, his, his bodyguard. She's so buff, and she's always just like, I'm just here to look good and kick ass. I'm like, hell yeah, French lady. You I mean, just, you just look even good. in. Even in episode two, when he was talking to Kate and he was just like being a total creeper, I was like, uh, I'm uncomfortable. And then when he shows up episode four, I was like, oh, I'm very uncomfortable now. Oh, this he guy's a troll too, which is really funny. Yeah. He's like, I know who I am. I'm not running from it. Um, I, uh, I, I had to leave before we talked about Frostvark. Um, we didn't talk about it much, so don't worry. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of pulled us back to a different thing. I did want to focus on that, like, that Dr. Sarazawa tease, if you had any thoughts on yeah. it at all, like what that could mean. Uh, no, no more than you'd already said. Yeah. I'm really interested in like who this lady is too. Like we don't get a title. She's obviously like important. Like the director. E right. But like, this is again, going back to, I, I, I fully suspect that Sarazawa was not a high profile figure in Monarch, but he has to be now with the way she name drops him. And yeah. so like, I'm really interested to get, to get some like hierarchy, clarification yeah, and yeah. titles about who this lady is who sarazawa is in relation to i her. just want i want the hideki ano episode where it's just all the people in the boardroom talking and cutting between names like <laughs> who are all you people what do you do yeah yeah, yeah. i want all that do you think we see uh ken watanabe in the show like we saw uh sam jackson at the end of age of the shield season one i think he's the most likely yeah appearance over anybody else at this moment we yeah. kind of talked about this a little bit like um i don't know if you saw like some of the recent interview stuff they said about uh crafting the show and and like if they could do future seasons that kind of thing 
Um, but one of the things that they said was kind of just about the the not stepping on the toes of the movies ahead, but like kind of guy getting to do whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. makes me kind of feel like, at least for this season, they're probably not trying to do too much direct King of the Monsters buildup. So I don't expect to see any of those characters, ones that are introduced in those movies, show up here. Sarazawa um, is the one I think would show up, but if he doesn't, like I'm not gonna be mad. It would just be like a cherry on top. I would also accept, I would also accept just if you couldn't get Ken Watanabe for this, which is fine if you couldn't for whatever reason, scheduling, yeah. whatever. Um, I would also ex accept Sally Hawkins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like as as a as a like, you know. Maria Hill to Nick Fury kind of situation. Absolutely. I would I would accept it. Um, I think they're the most likely candidates. I think there is a path where like one of them appears in episode nine or ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, as as like some kind of like more clear uh direction of what Monarch is doing and where it's going from here. Or if they're having internal battles and like that's why Sierra is out of the loop because like again maybe this director this is lady I is more military like more military like this is why I'm wondering okay so this is why I was like kind of wanting to interrogate that question of like why wouldn't you bring this to Sarazawa or me is a way of is it because we don't have enough information is it her or Sarazawa is the situation inside Monarch. Yeah. So is she asking, are you team me or are you team him? That's what like it kind of felt like without them saying a lot. Uh, and I could just be reading into it, but that's kind of the impression I got. That's a good question. I personally, I didn't, I maybe didn't read into it enough. And I just thought it was that she and Sarah Zhao are just the two top dogs. And she's, and she's like, why didn't you bring it to one of us? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not to say, but she could be playing sides. I think, uh, like, and I don't want to blow it up beyond, like, what the show's actually giving us. Yeah. But I do think, like, it's just baked into the show that, like, s something is rotten in the state of Monarch. Um, Like, yeah. there, there's just clearly, there are different agendas. Um, And maybe it's that there always were, and now everyone's kind of trying to get on the same page because G-Day happened, and now, like, Monarch's more important than it's ever been mm -hmm. um, in their history because of that. And that might be like what we're figuring out, but I'm I am curious. Like, is are there bad? Uh, are there people with like purposeful bad agendas uh, inside the organization working against so, each other? And are we meeting some of them without knowing it yet? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's interesting about what you say that but you say that um, and yeah, the the, the show's not gonna probably not gonna do a lot of King of the Monsters setup, but there is one thing that it will have to, and that is the uh, massive budget balloon that happens after G Day. Um, which is what is talked about in King of the Monsters, because mm -hmm. when King of the Monsters <laughs> goes to Castle Bravo, um, uh, yeah, oh, I just caught that the the ba the station they call it Castle Bravo, um, uh, the little the little substation un underneath the the oil rig, like right. that is only possible because of a massive budget increase that happened after G Day, um, so it, it could be that. Not only is Sarazawa more important within Monarch, but now Monarch is trying to deal with the fact that they are more important than ever. Uh, right. They are they are now they now have to be the face of this, and they're not quite yeah, prepared for um, that. Yeah, I, I I'm really interested in like where that where that could go, and I think like the thing that tips me off on her that that I don't have a lot of trust of her is she also seems to have a negative reaction to Shaw being released, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like what we know about Shaw is that Shaw, at least what we know right now different information could be revealed. But um, what we know about Shaw right now, he is he was very much in the Keiko, Randa, and I would kind of say spiritually Sarazawa camp yes. of how he associates with the Titans. And Tim 
is seemingly not mm -hmm. by his association of not being happy about Shaw being free. So now it seems like neither is this lady, which yeah. has me questioning like all her motives and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't see Tim's motivation as not being happy that Shaw is free um, because Tim is very laser focused on the random files. Like he wants those files sure. for some reason. And what we've already talked about is for some reason, Randa's son, the dad kept those files from Monarch. Um, yeah. And if he was working for Monarch, why would he do that? So yeah, Tim I mean, is like, he, Tim is not so much, is not so much uh, mad that, that Shaw has escaped, but is mad that he has the Randa files and Shaw and, and Tim wants those. Um, yeah. He, you that's are right. he is, laser, anyway. He is laser focused. Uh, uh, and uh, I hope, I hope we get some answers for Tim soon. Yeah. He's, he's a little goblin man. Uh, Sparks. I'm, I've, 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 I have a, a, struggle with tim um that i'm wondering if you can relate to uh because there's a character in the show called shaw i keep wanting to say tim shaw who I, is yes i understand doctor who villain. Yeah. A it's a doctor who villain um y y i get you uh the, the, when they're too close to each other i start to think about it too <laughs> yeah. um yeah let's get why don't we get chilly let's get yeah, chilly let's do it yeah i want to talk about the frost bark because um Outside of the MonsterVerse has introduced a lot of really cool, a lot of really cool MonsterVerse has, has introduced interesting villains. Um, uh, uh, the Muto, I think, is pretty cool uh, for the most part. Um, I, I like the Skullcrawlers quite a lot. I think those are the best uh, by far. Um, but then I outside like of that, kaiju. I have. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, uh, I like every kaiju in Skull Island. Bamboo Spider, baby. Oh, there was actually one thing I wanted to mention about. Uh, he's called the Mother Longlegs, the bamboo spider. Um, mm. They, uh, the 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 Skull Island creatures that we see in this, the Mother Longlegs being from the movie, and then that kind of like crab that comes out of the the rocks. I forgot the name. It was told to us, but I forgot it now. Um, the Jordan Vote Roberts's idea of Kong Skull Island was that every uh, every kaiju, every titan was a god of its domain, and then Kong was the god of it all. Um, which is why they're all such, um, uh, so which is why they all kind of can, um, uh, integrate with their surroundings. That's why the, the spider's legs are bamboo <laughs> and the crab is rock, and um, and that's mantle why the, the manta claw, mantle claw, that's a pretty cool name, excellent. Um, and, and, with, and the, the skull crawlers are. Um, foreign uh, to that, which is why they don't blend in with anything. That's why they feel so alien. Um, and there was so much thought that went into those creatures. And I was really happy that when we introduced a new one on Skull Island, the Mantle Claw, as Ryan said, it still kept within that design sensibility. Um, that made me very happy. Absolutely. But what also made me very happy was in was it being introduced to the Frostfark as only the second MonsterVerse um, kaiju, original kaiju, to have an ability. Um, mm. the Toho kaijus have abilities, uh, and the, the that have been adapted for the rare for the ones that have been adapted to the MonsterVerse also have their abilities. Um, but we we outside of Muto, none of the original ones have. Uh, and I'm really happy that we got a new one. Um, it just it just I'm glad they decided to be like, we're going to introduce a new one. We're going to give it this cool ability. And because it like sets them apart, it sets them above. It's that creates this idea like this is, uh, this is a, a a unique creature, um, that has a personality almost because it it, um, 
I'm rambling now, so I'll just wrap up and just I'm appreciative of it. Yeah. No, I am too. I think there I think there is something to and I think Godzilla versus Kong doesn't know what to do with this idea. Um, and we'll see if a future movie will, but there is something to Kong and the other creatures of his Skull Island and all that being very earthly, natural beings. And then, but there is also these other Titans and who have a different relationship with radiation that yes. Kong doesn't have. Um, and like other ant creatures like the spider, they don't have that. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think that's, that's interesting that there is something about like, obviously the MonsterVerse has interpreted radiation beyond just the atomic radiation to be like the radiation that just exists as part of this universe uh, that the Titans integrate with. But like, there is something to the Titans that can, can uh, um, uh, utilize that and the Titans that can't. Mm -hmm. And uh, where that that dichotomy is, and I do think like that makes the frost park, as you said, like it gives it per extra personality and stuff for sure. But um, and it's visually very cool. Kong's got to level up, man, because he don't got no atomic breath. I'm just but saying he can't win a fight against Godzilla. <laughs> but it's but it's cool to see like um, <laughs> I think there's an argument that you could even make that part of where some of this could be heading is that Titans that are better equipped for being on the surface are the ones that can integrate with the radiation that's up there. Mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. Titans that can't integrate with it as well are the ones who should be in the hollow earth. Yeah. Sure. Like, are the diverging like families. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, not only that, but I, I think uh Phosphark just visually looks really cool. Um, yeah. we get him, we get him just enough. Um, I want a toy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Phosphark looks so cool. Um, I think it's a really cool one. I'm glad, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad that they're not, that they're introducing new monsters. Um, they've been kind of cheekily teasing if there will be any Toho monsters, but if we kind of keep going on this path of Frostvark and Ion Dragon are kind of the um, the 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 blueprint for what we're going to get in the future, I don't mind if we never see a Toho monster adapted. I I quite like the trajectory they're on now, and uh, if if uh, if they keep doing this, I'm I'm I'll be very happy. Absolutely. And it makes sense that like, you know, both the, the, the kaiju that we've seen, they are completely remote. And like, there's a reason like, like, they're not in the middle of New York City, like, we're not going to see a frost work and like, like, he is in Alaska, like where nobody mm. lives, unless yeah. you're a monarch scientist, right? So like, it makes sense that these that these creatures, well, well, Ion Dragon is in a forest surrounded by people and there's myths about him. But like, there's no direct confirmation that it exists. So right. like, it makes right. sense that they, they exist in the world, but they're not well known, like, you know, like our Godzillas or King Ghidorahs or something. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're not like... Oh, go ahead, Ben. I was going to say they're not next to a major metropolis, essentially. Yeah. yeah, they're very much taking the same stance as like the original Godzilla film, which is like the people of Odo Island know about Godzilla for a long time. You know, like they know there's a creature there. It's like spoken and story. Then, yeah. And then the bombs piss it off and they're like, no, we've known, like you guys all just think we were making folk tales. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. We've, <laughs> we've known and you kind of can get that because you're still, when you're coming out of World War II, you're still playing in an age where like, there's just enough of the of the world that feels not you know covered enough in technology and, and mysterious enough that it's possible, and this show is very much like playing with the how how does that slowly unravel into the revelation? Well, something that's kind of interesting about what you guys are saying is if you look at King of the Monsters, which is which is the you know they've they've uh, not only found other Titans but have locked them up uh, mm -hmm. and to make sure they're dormant. Um, the only Titan that's near a city or any populated area, any significant populated area is Rodan. Um, yeah. 
outside of that, all the other Titans are in are in either scarcely populated areas or uh, or just remote areas. And, and so that's that, a volcano, which no one is trying to go right. to. And so, like, we, you know, Frostmark and Ion Dragon, it's not a stretch to think that, like, yeah, the reason why these people, these people, uh, the, the reason why we don't see them is because they're uh, mostly these smaller ones are mostly in remote locations that people just wouldn't find anyway. It also um, helps. Yeah. They're not Godzilla size. That's also helpful. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, both Ion Dragon Frost and Frostmark are, are small compared by comparison. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ion Dragon though, was interesting about Ion Dragon is what Sparks is talking about. It's very much like Odo Island myths have sprung about sprung up about Ion Dragon that, um, and so like, you know, that's kind of like going again, King of the monsters, let myth be our guide. Uh, that's Monarch's whole thing. Like, Let's find um let let's 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 track down these myths. How many of them are actually giant monsters that are just alive still? Yeah. Um I think there's I think there's a lot of room for them to play, especially if like I, we know the creatives would love to make more seasons. Um they've they've been pretty open about it. And like if there's an audience for it, they they have a passion and ideas and they'd like to keep going. Um so I, I kind of hope that that is the case, um, because if they can keep jamming like this, then I'm I'm here for it for as long as you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of glad. I, I think that they are telling a full story for the segment that we're getting here, but I'm glad that they're not like throwing everything they have at it. Yeah, um, because I, I feel like it also keeps this from feeling overstuffed. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is still an amount of like. There's so much interesting mystery, as as Ryan kind of pointed out. I think you were away, Brandon, in that like whether it would be a season that would continue following off of this season's trajectory of the time period, building up to <clears throat> 2014 and also building uh, just after it. Or if you're playing in the space of like building the past, but also uh, in between King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong or, or what have you, like there's room to play a lot of these um time periods and use use uh the way that they treat stories and myths and all these things to uncover these let's gonna say kaiju titans uh i i uh oh and to your point uh, a moment ago i was gonna say like uh something i forgot to mention when we were talking about the bikini atoll test i love that godzilla is a he's a little bit of a smaller boy uh yeah. before he becomes a bigger boy he's also like smile like mm, i got a smack Ooh, yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's like a, he's like a little more youthful godzilla like he's got a smile on his face that somebody gave me a gift <laughs> oh like the attention to detail is wild because he's also got his 2014 uh dorsal dorsal plates yeah. uh they haven't they haven't been adapted yet and so like uh, because in between 2014 and uh, in in king of the monsters king his dorsal monsters. plates changed changed and so now and so, like when we're going back, it to keep that kind of continuity of like these are what these looked like at this point in time was really cool. I appreciated it. I think there's such a wonderful amount of space for them to. I really want to see it because, like, now that they're doing this, I'm like, this is the monsterverse stuff I'd love for you to fill in. Like, I, I want you to tell me like stories about how Godzilla gets from point A to point B of like the dorsal plate thing as an example, or how Monarch gets. Um, as uh, like we're seeing it right now, like the budget going up because of Skull Island, right? Mm-hmm. So then they get the things like we now know we have Outpost Forty Seven that 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 is talking in Episode Four, um, and we know Outpost Thirty Two is out there uh, because that's where Ghidorah is. Um, so Megatron. they already they already <laughs> Megatron. So they already yeah. have that that shit established, uh, and so uh, I'm I'm very interested in how we're building that that bridge uh, with that ballooning budget as you said yeah um the the you, you mentioned the utah 
thing. That's a really cool scene when yeah. she's when she's like, hang on, wait. The last time we saw readings like this was just before G Day. Um, like that like made my spine tingle. I was like, oh shit. Uh, and then we see what she's talking about, which is this light source coming from this this um uh, uh area in 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 Alaska. Um so cool and clearly Godzilla. Um, but like I I really, I really thought that was a such a it's a cool kind of spine tingly moment. Sure, yeah, I, I agree. Like, uh, there, there's, there's something really wonderful about the way they're building up the visualization of of figuring out where the Titans are. Like, they're they're just playing in the realm enough to make me believe that they they can't always figure out where the Titans are, mm-hmm. um, and then stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. Doesn't Randa also have like a moment in the past when he's like when he's saying um uh when when the general's like how if we never something this big how have we never seen it and Randa goes my current theory is teleportation um <laughs> and like that that's like I mean we know what happens is because Godzilla can use the Hollow Earth as uh, passageways um yeah and that's why he hasn't been seen and so like um that that kind of like uh cheeky reference but also knowing that we what the audience kind of knows what that is what what the reason is um is really fun to play around with uh um shows just really smartly written i think uh uh before we wrap it up uh there is some good drama in episode four uh where may gets hypo almost gets hypothermia and like Mm -hmm. being the show what it is like i i was convinced like yo maybe they'll kill a character in this episode and like, like, cause like, and, and we got enough of her and her relationship with Kentaro. We're like, that would have been devastating. Like that would have been like awful. And like, what do you do in the situation? But like, I like May, so I don't want her to die. So luckily she didn't. They were able to wrap her up in some aluminum foil or whatever. Uh, so like, that's cool. But like, I thought, I thought the drama was really good. Uh, like we mentioned at the very top, we're like, this could have been a boring episode, but they even made like, maybe like quote unquote, the weakest part of the season where it's just following Kentaro still like captivating because of how it's filmed. And like, it's not, this is not a lazy show. Uh, it looks great the entire time. The visuals are so on point. Uh, I'm just, I'm impressed, even with like a part that like could have been bad or or boring. Was like I'm still enthralled because like you're doing just enough to like keep keep me keep me enticed the entire way. Yeah, and you you definitely mentioned how it's filmed, which is a, which is an element of it. But like, um, I do want to I do want to shout out that I think the writing is also really strong. Like, um, on paper. And I want to, and I want to be be clear. I think we're all talking about about this episode. Is like on paper, this could be the weakest episode, yeah, but yeah. it's it's smartly written, it's smartly shot, um, and it and it and it and it comes out as just another solid episode of of a of a continuously solid show. Um, and I hope that we continue to get a to get solid episodes as the show goes on. Yeah, if this is if this is the weakest of the episodes, then this is like this is like one of the best shows of the year. Like, give me a break, it's- like. <laughs> It's like one of your um oh god, it's like this this episode, not the greatest, but as a whole, it's not like um it's not like the Great Divide and not Last Airbender, where you could totally skip the Great Divide and you wouldn't care. This one is like it's not the greatest episode, but at the same time, there's a lot of great moments in it. And also it does a lot of good stuff to set up the story and also set up more stuff with the characters that you have to watch it. The yeah. Great um, Divide Airbender. Just trying to look at it. like what what episode are you talking about? The the one you know, where the, the one, two the, the two canyon? different groups have their different beliefs uh, as they're walking the the path, and the the Avatar gang is trying to get them to 
cohabitate again and work together. <laughs> ben, I'll take your what? word for it. I don't remember this episode at all. Yeah, it's been it's okay. been a long time for me. <laughs> uh, don't worry in, about it. In terms of episode four, I really, really like the transition stuff between Kentaro yeah. for Kentaro and me uh, between the 2014 and 2015. He's like laying in the snow. When he's laying in the snow, and he, he looks, looks over and she's there. Dude, yeah, it's a really good one. Um, the the pencil shaving stuff in the snow leading to his dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. The revelation of his dad uh, feeling like his dad pushed him away by pushing him towards the art show before he was ready. Yeah. Um, and like the way that that I love you congratulations i'm so proud of you like the the hollowness that's in yes, there. yes and yes. like the the relation to that of like the last time he saw his dad as he's communicating it uh that all worked really well i agree yeah. i agree uh, i also really love the it's a really like hell yeah moment when when uh they're all when they see the chopper and it, it's cut so closely to the last time we saw kentaro that uh the episode does kind of try to fool you that maybe this is an unrelated thing um right. but when kentaro like opens the door and you're like no i called the chopper because my dad because our dad fixed this radio uh so that we can get out of here um is a really solid like fist pump moment like hell yeah i'm i'm so excited um uh, I'm more convinced than ever that there is a specific reason why Kurt Russell is 90 years old and does not look it. Um, sure. I'm st- because- I'm not there. I'm still not there yet, but I'm not, I'm not ruling it out. But right now I'm still like, nah, he's just a spry old man. There is a line. So there is a, there's a line in this episode that I really like just as, a, just as world building. Um, I think is really interesting of like Titan radiation affects the world in various ways because they it's confused them. So they've kind of gone, gone around in circles, kind of given the appearance that the, the, the landscape has shifted where it may not be the case. That was um, really interesting. You are right. That was like very like, like almost like mystical in a way. Yeah. It's so like the idea of like Titan radiation isn't just radiation. It affects the world around it. And, in different everyone every titan has it's a different way we saw like Ghidorah um monster zero the way his radiation affects the world is is, it destroys it because he was so unnatural to the world but like what would a natural living kaiju look like um and the only thing that we saw was in king of the monsters was when the for some reason the mutos uh, caused overgrowth in vegas um but like created this kind of like idea like Frostbark's uh, radiation has this kind of mystical effect on Alaska, uh, on this area of Alaska is really cool. Um, and to me, kind of points to some Titan radiation made it so that Shaw doesn't age. That is, that is, that is a, 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 a potential idea. And again, I'm, I am not like anti that idea because I think the show is doing just enough where if they do reveal something like we could still meet like three or four new Kaiju that aren't super important, but or Titans, but like they're in the show. Right. And one of them could be, yo, they give people an extra 20 years on their life or something just because the rate how radiation works. Right. Like we've seen someone take out uh, people or uh, heat. So why not give people a little bit extra life or something? So like, I'm not, I just, I just need more. Importantly, Randa wasn't there for that one. Yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I wish you were wrong. Whatever, whatever happened, Randall wasn't there. Yo, man, the next 15 <laughs> yeah. years are going to be rough. <laughs> no, wait. What if it takes the years from Randa and oh. gives them to Shaw? 
God. Holy shit. That would be so silly. I would love it. I would love it. What a comic booky nonsensical thing. That'd be fantastic. Um, I'm not not against it. Uh, I'm absolutely not against it. Again, like there's there we we've we've talked a lot about how um on on the Fickner podcast there will be moments where we talk about how uh certain aspects of storytelling um look to be the most boring way um not to call not to call you out Ryan but to use an ex- uh, an example you used once which was when um when it was very clear that uh, Harry Osborn was going to be Venom from the first trailer that drops from Spider-Man 2 um sure. and you stated uh, I was hoping they wouldn't go the boring route um yeah. And uh, not just not to make a statement on 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 that game, but it's not necessarily what could be on the surface a boring way, a boring route with the right writing, with the right passion, with the right team, with the right X factor, with the right whatever, um, what what have you. Something that could be boring on the surface, like even this episode that we talked about on the surface, this could have been a boring episode, but it's not. And 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 so anything. Uh, you know, as Ben said in the beginning, anything can be good. Uh, even the most boring, predictable thing in the world can still be exciting. That's true. And um, when we talk about Spider-Man 2, I'll talk about why I still don't like that in the game. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, but like, you know, to use an example that I that I that even I'll use is you know, Blue Beetle. Uh Blue Beetle is not a um it's a very traditional by the numbers, um, very kind of like you've seen this before, a superhero movie. However, I think it's excellent uh because it's not it, it because it just is it's written with a lot of passion so like it doesn't it doesn't always on the surface may look boring uh but something can be exciting uh just by its execution um Absolutely. and i think that's really i think that's really that's really cool and i think the show has done enough already where i'm like yeah i trust what whatever the hell you're gonna do i'm i'm here for it look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna call uh monarch the best show of the year or anything right no. now but what I will say is I'm getting a lot of peacemaker vibes in the sense mm. of like, you didn't expect this has really, this has really knocked into an A plus range that I wasn't anticipating. Yeah. And we're not even halfway done yet, which is crazy. Yeah. I, my, uh... wife, my wife and my sister-in-law both can't wait for the next episode. And that's, wild because their interest in the monsterverse prior to this was like i like kong skull island and that's it well <laughs> again when you you ha- no matter how cool monster fights are it's a two-hour movie where you're following people and if but you don't care the about the people but this is the thing is it's like it's not just like it's not just that oh yeah they're they're enjoying watching the show cannot wait for next episode status like i am itching for more of this ding monarch, monarch legacy of monsters show uh which is just when we heard about it not at all where we thought people would end up oh, oh yeah i'm agreeing oh yeah yeah um i do believe this is going to be on my top 15 of the year uh if the if we continue on this trajectory i do believe it'll hit my top 15 there's there's a good chance yeah there's a good chance yeah for me too i've been thinking yeah. that i'm like I don't know, man. If it keeps hitting like this, um, Godzilla might be in my top 15 twice this year. That's wild. <laughs> same, same. Um, uh, that being said, um, I did want to spotlight just in episode four. I think um, they do a wonderful, again, like that dual language turn thing that we talked about last time where it's the first time Kentaro meets May, and uh, she oh, assumes yeah. that he can't speak English. Mm-hmm. And he clear he can and he catches her in that. They're they're a little like not falling in love, but like 
starting a, they're starting a starting a, a romance kind of story really really is charming um as it goes absolutely i really like may I, I i like her a lot as a character i really hope she doesn't die of hypothermia if she didn't in this yeah, episode yeah. i'm i'm not worried about yeah it. i think she's I, okay. I got i got like i got pins and needles in this episode i was like man if you kill me i'm gonna be really bummed yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna hate the show or anything but i'll i will be bummed yeah I, I also really like um, there's a character moment that I want to I want to shout out uh, for Kate and Kentaro, which is when they discovered that their dad survived the plane crash, which we now which we find out a little later. That wasn't a plane crash. Um, uh, he um, they hug. Um, and it's kind of like this moment of like brother and sister, like putting aside <laughs> all their shit and like he survived. Oh, my God. And like even even when they're leaving, like she's she's hurt that her brother is leaving. Like she's already kind of made this connection of yeah we are siblings and we and we're they're starting to act like it um and they're, they're kind of developing that sibling relationship as the show goes on yeah yeah then you were looked like you were about to say something nah i didn't have anything else to say okay uh um i one other thing that i just remembered is uh uh the plane landing at the end of episode three is a really great sequence where they have uh, him holding the, have her hold the water yeah. bottle on the oh, for, thing so you can see the level and, yeah. and all that. But that was a really engaging, like visually very good uh, sequence. Like a shout out Apple TV, throwing that money around. Like show looks pretty good. What's what, yeah. what's the guy's name? Duho? Is that what his name was? Duho. Duho. He was, he's like, you're the craziest pilot I've ever met. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah, brother. I want to know your friendship. <laughs> I really like I really like the the kind of like uh sleuthing he does when he when he's the one who figures out that the plane landed. Um mm-hmm. and he's just like he like looking at it is like he's like looking at the thing is like, wait, they didn't crash. They they landed. Well, and, and then he, he sees the months crashing. He sees the scratch. Yeah, he's yeah. like, we need to go. <laughs> yeah. I got I got some Jurassic Park three vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love his death sequence. I I hate that he died because I love him, but like his death sequence is awesome. His like yeah, yeah, it, yeah. like screaming into the frost mark with the thing is like ah! really good. Um, um, I'm I'm so excited. Again, we're not even halfway there yet. Uh, uh, just a lovely show. I like it. Like the the middle section of shows can often be like where they feel they're stretching it. So like if this is the most stretching that we're gonna do, then like we're in for a good time. I I'm think. so I'm so hyped for the next episode because now everybody's with Tim in the present and yeah. like damn it i just i got this feeling like next week we're not going to come back to that story at all <laughs> it's going to be all it's going to be weeks it's going to be episode 6 when we finally get back to it we're going to be focused on all past stuff and i'm like oh man don't do this to me i we're going to see the big expansion of monarch in the 50s and it's going to be excellent but that's good tv storytelling cuz that keeps you that keeps you like right on the edge of they're edging us you know they just are yeah keeps um, you come back more this this is the kind of show that um, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I, I'm not gonna like call out Marvel for making the shows that they do, but just, just I'm gonna call it streaming in general. This is the kind of show that I wish the streaming model had produced more of uh, these past couple of years. This kind of like, this feels like a TV show. It make it there's a there's a complete story from beginning to end in each episode, um, and it makes you want to keep coming back for more uh, because that's what good serialized television does. Um, and this is the kind of thing that like. Just in general, I think streaming should be striving towards. I this is a, speaking to the peacemaker comp. I feel like they're both like shows that they strive for exactly what they need to do to tell the story. Um, as a, in in the service of what they're allowed, and yeah. 
they're exemplary examples of that and knowing and crafting and caring about what each episode is doing for you and how they're um, fleshing out those characters, characters you might not even be convinced you could, you would like spending time with, like, as we said in this episode, or certainly like what we initially thought with Peacemaker, just like the average person's disinterest with Peacemaker. And then uh, these, these shows just prove themselves. And I do think it comes down to like, part of the difference is that like, you know, Monarch and Peacemaker weren't put on um, a flow chart because they said, well, we need this show here. Uh, people had a really strong idea for a story and pitched it and put it through, and yeah. it worked. Yeah, it yeah. just one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let them do it. Ben, any I'll other thoughts on episodes three and four? It's freaking fantastic. I want more. Give me more. True. Hell yeah. I- I I'm glad. It. I'm glad. I agree, Ben. Like, I wish I could watch more episodes, but I'm glad it's not a binge model because we would have stopped yeah. talking about the show weeks ago. And like we, the we show is better than the one week cycle these shows get. It's it's so weird how we're coming back. How streaming services like Apple, Disney Plus, and even Hulu are going back to the one week, once one show or one episode a week model. Nice compared to Netflix, where it's just all one go. Well, Hulu um, was always that model. <laughs> right, Hulu was, Hulu was always that way. You're right. You're, Hulu I, was that model. I, I I really think there is some. Just real quick, I I really think there is some merit in in that. Not every television show needs this uh, uh, necessarily, but I do think there is some merit in like the mediums are different between television and film. And part of what's engaging about television is being able to watch it with other people or know that other people are watching it, who you can talk to and have that like cliffhanger episode drop. Because like, yes, you can do that with movies, but generally movies aren't designed with that like they're supposed to give you everything and then you kind of discuss it. You don't like ponder, what could this mean? Where is it going kind of thing? Television is supposed to give you that. Serialized storytelling is supposed to give you that. Uh, And like the feelings that we've had, Loki season two also did this uh, for a couple of its episodes. Oh yeah. For me, like by being week to week. But I love talking about Loki. But what I love about Monarch is, it's definitely like the, you know, the episode, uh, episode three ends and I'm like, oh shit, that, 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 Titan is so cool. I can't wait until we're back. And then we go back the next episode. And I'm like, oh man. And I start the episode on a low note because like I get the Kentaro flashback stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Is this gonna be the weak one? Yeah, yeah. And then I really enjoy it. And we get to the end and it's like it's me, Tim. And I'm like, oh no. Um, I need it. I need it now. <laughs> That's what it man, yeah. goes the signs of a good show, man. Like that you want more, they make you wait. You got it. And it's it's I love this show because it 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 can stand on its own. It doesn't feel beholden to the monsterverse. Like it is a monsterverse show, but it you could just watch it because like Godzilla is this is a Godzilla show. Yeah. And like it, it is it is beholden to the continuity of the monsterverse, but it tells you the continuity of the monsterverse that you need to know um right. for the show. It has the room to be able to be like, yeah, William Randa was on Skull Island. Um, and and we just met him. There you go, you're done. Um it's very, it's very like a uh, uh, new, new, new MonsterVerse friendly. Like you really yeah. don't have to have seen anything to get a full picture here. It just adds, it just adds to it if you have. And it allows itself to stand on its own two feet as just a good show. Um, you know, it, this is the kind of thing that like does give it a leg up from like from like the current uh, sensibilities that people have about Marvel shows, uh, where people are like, oh, I have to watch this and this and this and this. Whereas with Monarch, you're just like. Hey, there's a really good Godzilla show on 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 Apple TV Plus, and then you can just be like, "All right, start with episode one, and you're done." Uh, there's no there's no homework. Now, I don't agree that there is homework to Marvel. Um, yeah, 
but uh, but that is the that is the mentality that a lot of people have, and it's great that there's a that it's wild that there's a Godzilla show out there that you can just recommend as just a good show, as Spark said, as, as like Peacemaker. Yeah, and there is a world, man, where like th- this is a show that has considerably worse CGI because they feel yeah. like they have to have a big monster fight every week and it ruins the continuity and it's like, oh, when you watch the movies, don't worry about the show. It doesn't actually matter. Like, it all talks to each other. It all, it's mm-hmm. all congruent with each other and it's a really good show. It's just like, this is like, this is like one of the best examples of like, uh, uh, you know, a uh, uh, mixed like media storytelling of like TV and movies interacting and stuff. I would say this is a great supplement to the MonsterVerse, where if you really already enjoy the MonsterVerse, but you want some good quality television, put this on. You know what's funny, Ben? You said that, and like in my head, I'm like, again, I guess maybe except Kong Skull Island, and still maybe Godzilla 2014, I kind of go, those are the appetizers. This feels like this is the meal, <laughs> and I, I'm kind of impressed with that. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's a really impressive show for, again, what it is. Like, it's a show about Godzilla and the company that follows Godzilla around. Like, and, and the other movies that come after their desserts. Yeah, uh, well, certainly. Uh, certainly the one coming. Um, and uh, <laughs> one of the things that um, I, I love um, what Chris Black said, or I think he I think he was the one who said it, but he uh, someone talked about how the, it was important for them to get the characters right because that's why you come back week to week. You're not going to yeah. come back because there's going to, yeah, you, Godzilla diehards. If this was a punch em up show, a WWE SmackDown show, then yeah, you'd come back for Godzilla, but that doesn't give you lasting power. Good characters give you lasting power. Um, and that was what was really important for them. And, um, and they're utilizing the space really well to do that. And they think they've created good characters. And uh, this is uh, such a surprise, but one of the best Godzilla uh, things to come out in years. Yeah. yeah, in terms of uh, definitely in the on the American side, absolutely. Um, I'll include because like from Toho, we only got like two live action films and three animated films. Um, yeah. And so like uh, those two live action films are fantastic. Um, but like, you know, uh, the, this this I think stands among them. It's it, it's not above or below. It's among them. And it's and it's awesome that we're I, it's in, it's. It's wonderful to me that people people have already said this, but it's wonderful to me that I went to see Godzilla minus one on Thursday, and then I got to see a, a good episode of Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. When have I ever been able to say that? And ever that it's incredible. It's incredible. We are, and, and we you are got your, in. and you got your trailer monkeys today. Big monkeys, boy howdy, boy. It's gonna be balding King Louis is gonna is gonna be fantastic. Can't wait. That's gonna be fun um all right but let's 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 call it there how about um, sure sounds good loving it all right so guys. Excited for more next time we see us will be the next two episodes episodes uh five and six so stay tuned for that um yeah. uh, thank thank you for uh thank you for joining us um how are you guys enjoying monarch let us know in the comments below we probably won't read them Actually, you know what? I do kind of read. We only get like one comment a year, so like I do read them. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, we can. I'll read the one that we get a year. We always read them. Yeah. Um, I hope. I hope that same person comes back from the Strange New World. One what is this show? No, no, no. The one who's just like, who cares? <laughs> Bro, you do because you commented. Thank you for the engagement. That's true. Um, there's plenty of more. There's plenty more Fictors watch shows for um, Invincible is, is one going on right now, and we're catching up Star Trek Lower Decks, um, things like that. Go to our website, FictorPodcast.com. All the shows are listed there. All the links that you can find 
um, to of where you can find them are available there. That is linked below at fakenerpodcast.com, where you can also support us financially if you'd like at Tea Public or Patreon. Linked on our website and linked below. Um, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast, FicknerGuys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter, uh, where you can also find me writing for AtomicGeekdom.com. Uh, ben, where can people find you? Well, they can find me on the internet at BenMaggot27 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and play Mary Frankenstein in D and Dark. And Sparks, where can people find you? Um, you can find me getting my screen on con. Uh, at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. And Ryan. Uh, you can find me excited to learn the history of Tim the Troll Man uh, uh, with next week's episode at DJ Tony Snark all over the internet. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's think of the same fucking thing. Um, uh, all right, guys. Um, like this video, subscribe to this channel, rate and review wherever you get us. Until next time you see us, stay fake nerds.